0: Hello folks, how's it going? We're back. Episode number two of the return series. Who's excited? I am. Wow. Okay. Anyways, so I hope you enjoyed episode... One of the Return We're Back series, where I talked all about why pressure doesn't always make diamonds. It's true. It's true. So if you missed that one, I recommend going back because it was just a really great look into where I'm at and the story of this podcast, really, especially if you're new. Uh, It's kind of interesting to just like get a little um, update on the journey because I've learned so many lessons from doing this show for over three years and all the things. So anyways, now we're back. This is another solo episode. Today we're going to talk about three things. And I want to give some context as to what motivated me to get on the mic today, because it's been a few weeks since I recorded the first episode back. And it's because I was watching an episode of this podcast called Insanely Chill by Cody Co who's one of my favorite creators of all time. Like he's one of the f- really like the first YouTubers in like the gener- generic sense of the word that I was ever into. I saw him perform live in LA, like with him and his like collaborator partner doing like a comedy show. Anyways, he's a really, really big kind of inspiration of mine. I love his content on YouTube. um, And I was reflecting on he- the intro to his show currently is old clips of him when he first started the the podcast he's actually been doing his solo show for a really long time and when he first did it like obviously compared to where it is now it like wasn't as good and he has all these clips of him just being like um oh yeah what I was going to talk about today is And he was just basically like the intro of the show today is like making fun of where the show started and for some reason it just really inspired me to like remind myself to not overthink things because that's something I tend to do and is exactly what like you know took the zest and magic out of doing this show for me quite you know frankly which is something I shared about in that last episode so anyways just seeing him like be more casual and just start making something and knowing that down the line it can end up being whatever the frick you want it to be was like reminding me to just freaking Do it and just not overthink it, right? Like it's just a good reminder. So, anyways, I'm here today talking. There's three main things happening in my mind I want to share about. One of them has to do with a bunny blog that I'm making. If you watch my Instagram stories this week, then or the week of April, whatever the frick time it is, you would have seen that I have become interested in this rabbit that lives in my backyard and I've been trying to become friends with it. So, I'm going to tell you a bit about that because it's interesting and speaks to something larger, I also want to tell you a bit about where my priorities are at because I've been thinking a lot about just the ways that we prioritize things and like the way that we make kind of our own internal compass and how that can really, really be helpful, especially if you feel overwhelmed or just kind of feeling like at peace with your life in general. And then I want to tell you about this amazing event that I hosted last weekend called Forge Your Own Path. I hosted it with my friend, Nikki. Uh, Her Instagram handle is at Oath2Growth. And her and I have been catapulted into this amazing co-creation partnership, friendship, really nothing like I've ever experienced. And we put together this incredible event that I want to tell you all about because it was so magical and it's just such a testament to, you know, flowing with creative ideas and trusting yourself and all the things. So... First and foremost, if you're listening and you're enjoying any part of this, send me a message on Instagram, send me a DM. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'm thinking about maybe starting like some sort of chat function. We will listen to the podcast. We'll see. The other thing to note is to keep an eye out on both Nikki and I's Instagram pages and just our worlds in general, because her and I are going to be doing a lot of stuff together. And I'm really excited. It feels like a very, what do you call it? Fortuitous friendship connection and we'll be making a lot of things together. So keep an eye on that. Um yeah, so thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this. It really really helps a lot. I'm broken record every podcaster says that but it's true. So, anyways, let's get into it. So, the bunny vlog. Okay. The other day, I think this was on Tuesday, I had been mainly taking the week pretty easy. I was just like, let me just chill after streaming for, oh, excuse me, for 14 hours straight over the weekend doing the event, right? So I was like, I'm going to relax. Um, and I took a tiny little baby microdose of mushrooms. And I just was feeling like really creative and inspired. Here's the thing. My friend was joking that the reason I came up with this idea was because I had done the microdose. Here's the thing. This behavior is very normal for me. If you ask my boyfriend, who I live with, he would be like, yes, Bella literally spends time outside looking at birds and bunnies and animals and just with nature. So as a hint to where my priorities are at, I literally spend time just staring at nature because it's so entertaining. Anyways, I was on this little microdose. I was like, let's switch it up for the YouTube channel and make a vlog." About me trying to become friends with a bunny. Like, let's just see what happens, right? This would be kind of cool if I pulled it off. So the context that literally the sit the seat I'm sitting in right now, a lot of times I'll look out the window and this cute little bunny rabbit. What is the difference between a rabbit and a bunny? I actually don't know at all. I'm starting to think there's not really a difference. Maybe a bunny is like a domesticated rabbit. I don't know. Anyways, I'll look out the window. And there'll be a little rabbit that comes out, and I'm like so in awe of this little creature. He's so cute. I'm. I think it's a he. I don't. I don't know. He gives off male energy, and I think he lives under the little deck right here. That if you're watching the video, you can see this like tan deck right here, and there's also tons of bunnies around this like neighborhood that I live in. There's like the outdoor gym area, and there's this huge deck, and there's so many bunnies around. So, anyways, there's a lot of them, and I. They're just so cute. Like, you can't not love rabbits, right? So anyways, I was like, I would like to lure this guy in, not in, like, a predatory way. So this is where I started learning about how to befriend a bunny, okay? I googled it, and I was reading some articles. First of all, a lot of articles out there are about how to get your pet bunny to trust you, because apparently bunnies have trust issues, because they are prey animals. Understandable. They probably have a lot of trauma around being, trying to, you know, people... People and birds attacking them. So I had to find an article about a, a taming, befriending, and taming a wild rabbit. Another note here: I'm not going to be taming this thing. I would like it to stay wild. I'm not going to take him in. I mean, unless he like totally falls in love with me and wants to be his best friends, maybe then. For the most part, we're going to let him be. Point is, I read this article about how about how to get a bunny to trust you, and now the the steps are very clear but they're proving to be difficult okay because I have I made a bunny salad okay I cut up a bunch of carrots and tomatoes and blueberries because apparently that's what they like I chopped them up so that the guy could have little nibbles and I put them out I don't know if he's touched it I know that the salad is gone and I think it's the birds eating them which I don't mind because the birds are cute and I'm you know I'm down to Play an important role in the neighborhood here of feeding the animal that's fine with me so anyways i have been trying and it's been a few days i haven't seen george in a few days george is the name of the rabbit i gave it a name already we haven't met formally but in my world he's his name is george great name and i haven't seen him in a few days so i'm kind of concerned and i feel like you know i gotta be really patient here probably have to keep putting food out i probably have to just Take my time letting him come to me. Because the next step in the article was like, you know, put out food. Get him comfortable in your environment. Fine. Check. Then it's like, if you see him eating food, you have to be like out. Yeah, I have to like live in the yard for this to work, really. I don't really know how this is going to happen. But it's like, read a book. Take a nap. Like, don't alarm the rabbit, right? I'm like, okay, that is given that I happen to be outside. While he's already outside. So you see what I'm getting at here? This is going to be difficult, but I'm determined. So yeah, the thing you do after you set out the food is you create a trail of treats, right? The tomatoes and carrots and whatever. Apparently they like bananas. I need to get bananas. I ran out. Apparently that's their favorite snack. And you have to create a trail for them to come to you. So I don't know, guys. Stay tuned, but I just... This is where I'm at and the reason I'm sharing this story if you're wondering like what the fuck does it have to do with anything are you okay? Number one uh yes the bigger picture here is being in connection with nature lately has really been so good for my mental health and I really spend a lot of time just looking at and observing nature and the reason I tell you this is because I think number one, there's probably a lot of studies. No, I know for a fact there's a lot of studies about how being in nature, being in connection with nature is really, really healthy for you. And from a first count experience, what I can tell you is that it's true because every single day I literally will go outside and just stare at grass or a bird or the mm-hmm. sky or whatever it is and just feel so peaceful. And especially on days that I feel like alone for whatever reason, you know, just like an existential existential angst, loneliness, you know, if I just go out there and stare at nature and I feel like I'm in communication with it, then I don't feel, I don't feel as alone. And I feel like that's really dope, you know, because there's this kind of epidemic of loneliness happening in the world. I've seen a lot of creators, especially Stephen Bartlett, who's the creator of the Diary of a CEO podcast, I've seen him talk about people are really, really lonely. And one of my immediate reactions to that was that I honestly think part of that is not necessarily even how many people you can call friends in your life. I think it's actually more about your ability to feel connected to the world around you. So what I mean by that is like, I live in a town where I don't really have that many, like, physical friends here. My, all my close friends do not live here. They're all far, far away, like a plane ride away. And as I've spent more time just, like, in self-discovery and spending time outside in nature, meditating, watching sunsets, like, having an appreciation for, like, grass. <laughs> and, like, it's so funny to say out loud. It sounds so stupid to be like, the more I look at grass, the less lonely I feel. But actually actually like this is really true for me the more i've been in connection with nature because newsflash it's really just us right we've just sort of created the separation between the ego eye and like what we think outside nature is like a forest right the more i've done that like i just feel so much more connected so it was making me think about this whole loneliness epidemic that people talk about and while yes one has to do with like your ability to have human connections here's the thing I think we don't feel connected in general to the world around us. That makes us feel really lonely, even if we do have friends. Like, even if we do have people physically around us and, like, these close connections on, you know, the surface, if we don't feel connected in the sense of, like, oneness and that sense of, like, all being part of a greater universe, a greater nature, then you're going to feel lonely, even if there's people around you. So I have this, like, theory that it really has so much it's it's really not as much to do with like the number of close connections you have and more with the connections and the people around you how open and ready you feel to connect with those people does that make sense i'm really curious what you guys think about this like are we lonely because we actually have lost the art of connecting with people but have we lost that art because we're also disconnected from ourselves right like if you are really at home within yourself and connected to nature and the universe and all the things and maybe like a higher power or something, whatever that is for you. It doesn't have to be like religious or dogmatic or anything. Like maybe that helps you with your human connections. That's kind of my theory is that loneliness epidemic probably could be solved by people finding a connection to something greater. That's not just like physical form, you know? So yes, I learned that from this bunny venture. I just got to thinking about how I can spend a lot of time alone and still feel really connected to people in general because when you spend a lot of time alone in nature, like it just kind of reveals to you this interesting wisdom. And it's like this esoteric idea of like when you're in silence, the truth will be revealed, but actually that's how it works. Like I really think when we spend a lot of time in stillness and just in observation mode, a lot of like the bullshit stuff kind of fades away. So yeah, that kind of um, the whole bunny rabbit adventure that I'm really hoping pays off. Like I would really like to at least have the bunny near me eating to show that he trusts me or something. The point is with that is really about what, where my priorities are at. And I have been really deciding to just like prioritize my peace and get better at being really clear on like what actually serves me best and not to be in service to self but actually knowing that when I am able to fill my cup then I can serve other people better and that's kind of like what the whole point is and I realized that I, I think I'm kind of a recovering people pleaser I feel like this is really common for a lot of women or people who are like empaths or really empathetic people is we kind of have this tendency to like say yes to things that we don't actually want to do because we don't want to like upset the person who's asking or be like that person who like doesn't want to go out and I'm kind of over that I really am at a point where I'm just like you know what I've gathered gathered enough data on the things I do and don't like that I'm gonna stop saying yes to doing things that I just don't fucking want to do especially if they're just not lighting me up in this season that's the other thing where my priorities are at right now is I just feel called to doing things that are different than the, the typical definition of fun. And that takes, you know, you really got to like make decisions according to that. And I was really inspired by someone who spoke at our event this past weekend, which I'll, I'll tell you about shortly. Um, Emma Lume is her name. She's an incredible woman, amazing artist. And she was just talking about like, you have to be really Really cutthroat sometimes with your boundaries and the things that you sacrifice and get rid of in your life, and I really respect it because I'm just recording. <laughs> um, hold on, just walked in. What are you looking for? Your backpack. Okay, <laughs> Oh yeah, I really respect how cutthroat she is about what works and what doesn't work. And she was sharing this like in the sort of um perspective of as an artist, honoring your art and knowing what is actually serving your creation process. And really just saying like, if being around certain people doesn't help your art, don't hang out with those people, right? Like be willing to sacrifice things that are not freaking working. And it's so much easier said than done, but it's really true because we get ourselves in these scenarios where we're like, "Oh, I should go to this thing and I should just be fun and go do whatever." And it's like, "No, you don't need to fucking do anything if you really don't want to." And it's such a platitude, but it's freaking important to do that. And I'm someone who definitely can slip into like just saying yes to things because I want to people please and not be like a problem, you know? but I basically would like to be more of a problem and I would (laughs) like to just cut shit out that isn't work. You know, if there's hanging out with a certain person is not providing me inspiration, fuck it, burning it down. Right. That's kind of the extreme that I would like to step into. It's not really an extreme. It's kind of just normal, but I don't know if it's normal. I think a lot of people, people please. So maybe it's not normal. Anyways, I don't want to give my time to things that are not lighting me up like why would I do that there's just no time for that anymore in my life so I was really inspired by Emma and her talk that she gave at our event because it just reminded me of being more fucking ruthless with what I do and don't do in my life right and that even means being honest with myself and getting rid of bad habits integrating better habits keeping promises to myself If I I say I'm gonna go to the gym or wake up early I freaking do it and I just need that fire. You know, I need that ability to be like, no, I don't want to go gambling in town today. I would like to stay home and stare at grass. That's, that's the decisions I'm going to be making from now on, <laughs> okay? That's the purpose of priorities is to get clear on what the heck your compass is, right? What is the combination of your visions? your values, your desires, and your intuition. That's my personal, the and not compass framework. Okay. Go on my link in bio if you like that idea, because I have something for you. Vision, values, desires, intuition. That's how you make decisions. That's how you keep moving forward. And so I am trying to prioritize the things that actually make me happy. And I don't always want to be challenging myself to be authentic in scenarios that just don't fucking feel good. If I'm not into the friend group, over it, done. Like there's sometimes there's a time for a challenge to push yourself to like be more confident and like whoa well, be yourself. But sometimes you're just not with the right tribe, and I think you have to be really honest about that. Okay, before I get down that tangent, so where are my priorities at? What am I? What's what's the way that I'm reconnecting with myself and my vision? Well, I'm taking time to redefine that vision, right? In terms of like my vision board, my goal list, all the things. And in that, I have kind of referenced my own inner compass. And something that came up for me was not really wanting to base my entire identity on being a spiritual person. And that's kind of a tough one because a lot of like the content I do and the things I write about are all like really... Spiritual, but I feel like it's not necessarily that it changed that what I will talk about changes. It's more like my mental identity and the way that I have almost like created another box for myself. I just want to be mindful of that so I don't limit my expression. And I feel like today it's totally a whole identity to be like a spiritual, blah, 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 which is wonderful. Really, I think it's great. But just from like a way I, the way I view myself perspective, I don't want to put myself in a box and I want to be able to also expand the work I do really just from, again, that like mind, body, soul perspective of not feeling like I'm tying myself to one thing. And here's the thing, like everybody is a spiritual person, but some of us just identify with it more and make it like the, the like name tag that we have on and that's just something to think about because the more that you allow yourself to be like a multi-dimensional creature I think that really can unleash your creativity and for me creativity is definitely a pillar on my compass of wanting to push my creative edge and make more things that feel like true that feel true to me right so I just want to be mindful about the way that I pigeonhole myself. Okay, moving right along. The event that I hosted, holy shit. So the event I hosted was called Forge Your Own Path. It was amazing. Okay, I've never done anything like this. It was honestly one of the coolest things work-wise that I've really ever done. I pulled together with my friend Nikki who goes by Oath to Growth on Instagram. We met through Instagram because I saw her viral reel and I was like, hello, you are cool. And literally I DM'd her saying, hi, I think you're cool or something like that. And uh, we stayed in touch and then we hung out in person in February. Long story short. Anyways, we decided to make this event called Forge Your Own Path, a soul-led summit. It was truly, truly amazing. And the cool thing about this, which is really the reason I want to share today on this episode, is it was so intuitively led to a level that I have not experienced before. And it really opened up my eyes to what co-creation really is, what it's all about, and how it really can feel different from ego-led ventures, right? So we both just had this idea of wanting to work together wanting to do something together and at first we were like oh let's just do like a little workshop or something you know a little one-off thing and I was like we should go ham like what if we did something really big like a whole event and then I was like let's do a two-day event a whole weekend of of an event and this idea started to unfold it literally like sort of that feeling of like it falling into your lap like the why Who is it for? What are we doing? What's the logistics? Who's going to speak at it? Like, it really started to flow together. And I think it was because we came into it with this, like, really pure essence of feeling like, hey, Nikki, you're awesome. You have really cool things to provide. Your talents and gifts are amazing, and you're totally honoring them. Let's bring it together with my gifts and talents and interests. And because of that, it was like, started out really from a non ego place. And I thought that was really cool. So the event really started to unfold. And what we created was an event where people who are in that in between and want to take a step into the future, right? They want to take a leap of faith. They want to start their own thing or they want to define their own niche in the industry that they're in or they want to start a company or be an entrepreneur or an artist or whatever. But they're kind of afraid, right? Like you're at that point where a lot of, fears and blocks and stories and limiting beliefs are coming up and we were like that person we know them well because that was us and whenever we're about to do something big that sometimes is us still and so we set out to create a vortex of an event where people could come and really learn from each other and from these speakers speak that we're going to teach people about how to integrate soul and actually act on their path, right? Take action on their dreams. So the event um, was broken into two days. It was awaken and activate. And man, it happened just five days ago. We did 14 hours of streaming on Saturday and Sunday. It was on April 22nd, 23rd. And literally both days after we just cried. (laughs) Like we were just on FaceTime, literally in tears because it was so beautiful. And I had really just never felt that sense of being of service and of holding space for people and of like so intimately helping another person on their path. And yeah, that was just really, really beautiful. I've just never experienced anything quite like it. And It taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about how to co-create and just really what it comes down to. Like, I honestly have trouble putting it into words because it was such a profound experience and it really just was a feeling, right? It was just something to be felt, not really intellectualized. But if I had to intellectualize it, I would say that there are ideas that come along that feel like they're literally straight from a higher dimension like a place that is less dense, if you know what I mean. And you're still going to have your ego. You're still going to have doubts come up. You're still going to face all your cute humanly little obstacles. But you will also find a level of guidance like never before. It was such a parallel to the event itself and the whole theme of it, which was having that willingness, the courage, to step into the person you want to be despite being afraid and actually because you are afraid doing it anyway and being willing to open yourself up to a new level, a new level of guidance and it can really be so liberating to actually like view you on this journey, not being alone. And I just, It was so beautiful. Like, I feel like the lesson here that I want to share with you is you really might have something so powerful within you, an ability to help people, to help the world, to create something really magical. And I just had never experienced that depth of service and of sitting there receiving messages from people live in the moment of how they're having these realizations and these revelations and letting go of old stories and being lit up by something it just reminded me of why we really owe it to the collective to honor those gifts and to find the courage within you to go for that thing because it could really really change someone's life and it honestly will like when you are in that space of being your full self, your fullest expression, honoring your gifts, like you're directly helping someone in some way that they need, right? Like you have the medicine that somebody needs. And that was really one of the biggest takeaways from the event. I wrote uh, a little essay on it um, the, the next day. Something just sort of like started moving through me. Yeah, it was really beautiful. If you want to read that essay, I'll link it in the show notes, because it's probably the best way to explain it. And I just like can't even words currently cannot even do it justice. The reason I wanted to share it is really just because for me personally, if you've been following along my journey or if you're new or whatever, whatever, however the freak you're here, it's a reminder to really push yourself sometimes and like Sometimes the soul, the intuition, whatever you consider like that pure part of yourself, it will still make you feel uncomfortable sometimes to go for the thing, to sit down and record, to start the business, to make take the first step, like whatever that first thing is will still feel scary, but it's just the other side of it is unbelievably liberating and I'm really, really glad I did it and Nikki and I both have just been in awe of like our own growth and all the lessons and things that we came across that what that what it taught us and it's just unbelievable like what can happen when you go for it. Literally when you just forge your own path, do something that feels unique to you and you just keep freaking going and pushing through. And even when it gets difficult, like keep showing up. And it's like this is why the cliches exist because they're actually true. But we kind of are in denial of them and we want to say that it's like too simple. But a lot of the times the secret is like actually kind of simple. Like it really is just about showing up and doing the thing every day. Right. So if you're wondering what I mean when I say service to others, I want to read this little excerpt from a book called The Law of One. It's actually a channel text. I've talked about it before on the show. If this is interesting to you, I have another episode with, um, Alec Zeck, who is an an amazing guy who's like a really prominent voice in essentially the health freedom space. Anyways, I did an episode with him. Um, I think it's around. I think it's like episode thirty three or something where we talk all about law of one. So if this excerpt kind of piques your interest, definitely check it out. Um, this is an excerpt from the law of one, which is this channeled text that talks about how to be of service to others, and if there's a better way. And it says, some of this is going to feel kind of esoteric, so just take take what you will. The best way of service to others is the constant attempt to seek to share the love of the creator as it is known to the inner self. The in, This involves self-knowledge and the ability to open the self to the other self without hesitation. Other self meaning like other people because another person is really just another you right this involves shall we say radiating that which is the essence or the heart of the mind body spirit complex the mind body spirit complex is essentially what they call human beings right you have a mind body and a spirit together it's this complex speaking to the intention of your question he's the entity Ra is like referencing what they asked him about like how do you be of service the best way for each seeker in third density third density is the density we're in to be of service to others is unique to that mind-body-spirit complex. This means that the mind-body-spirit complex must then seek within itself the intelligence of its own discernment as to the way it may serve, it may best serve other selves. This will be different to each. There is no best. There is no generalization. Nothing is known. So to simplify that, what that means is being of service to others is something unique to each human being. And it is found by cultivating your own intelligence, by self-discovering who you really are and going within to find what it means to radiate the love of the creator, right? Creator with a capital C, the thing that got everything here, right? The thing that started the Big Bang or whatever you believe in, the higher power that is connecting all of us to emanate the love of that, right? The pure essence of who you are from your heart to find your own Form of intelligence, your own gift, and bring that to the world. That's what it means to be in service to others. And I think that is so beautiful and so well put. And when you dig a little deeper, you kind of start to understand what that means for your own life and that honoring your gifts, honoring who you are, and exploring who you are, defining your own version of intelligence is what allows you to be of service to others. So I think that is so beautiful. And I was so inspired. By doing this event, it really, really lit something up in me. And even though I was quite tired this week afterwards, I have now bounced back and I'm just excited to keep the momentum going. So, yeah, that is all I got for you guys today. I'll keep it short and sweet. And thank you so much for listening. Keep an eye out for the upcoming episode. And if you missed the last one, go back because it's really interesting to think about how to take the pressure off of your creative endeavors. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. I'll talk to you next time.